Yeah, I think coming into this season as the pending champions is always, it's going to be just super fun. We've never done that in club or pro, but obviously we have in college and it's just a really good feeling. I think it gives you a added kind of bonus level in terms of like when you're down and things look bad, but you can lean on it, right? It's like, you did it. I'm the mountain. Like, remember that. And when there's problems or anything, when you're having trouble closing out a game or struggling to start a game, lean on that. You've done this before and now you know you can do it. You know what you have what's in you to accomplish it. And I think it's going to be cool because that added bonus power with some of the younger guys that, that have that experience now. I feel like hopefully it doesn't give two people big of an ego. Well, I do think it's a powerful thing to have to lean on when their chips are down at times. Hello, and welcome to the Raleigh Pro Ultimate Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mead, and we're here to connect you with the players and personalities of North Carolina's semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee. Today, we're talking to head coach for the Carolina Flyers, Mr. Mike Denardis. How's it going, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Living the dream, man. All right. <laughs> So we've got a couple of big things to talk about. Um, we have quite the year for 2022 to look forward to. Um, before we do that, I want to look back on 2021 for a second. Uh, what a year for Carolina Ultimate. Holy cow. Sure was. So as, as we're heading into 2022, after the year we had for 2021, my first question is, do you have like a motto or a theme for the players? I mean, you kind of hit, had to call these mountaintop experiences last year. And so like, Going into this year, like what, what is your mindset? What do you want the players thinking? I just essentially am trying to, or will be trying to instill the same kind of motivation, motion, motivational talking points we've had in the past, because nothing's really changed. It's just another year. It's just different in that we won. I just don't want people to feel like they feel different, like still feel hungry. So stay hungry is the theme of this year. I can get behind that. So we look back, obviously we are the, the reigning champions. You know, we had quite a run going from kind of some struggles earlier in the season to six game winning streak in the middle of the season against kind of the softer teams in the middle of schedule, and then kind of started to turn around at the end and obviously won the championship ultimately. So my next question is, is there a moment that you look back on in our flyer season that you look back most fondly on? Ooh, um, I would say like, it, maybe it's not the most fond memory, but it's the pivotal I think the pivot point was the uh, Atlanta game. I think a lot of people, the sec, second Atlanta game, I guess it was when we were hosting them. Um, I think a lot of people were down on the season and like, we just needed that one confidence booster because we had had some pretty tight losses yet again. And it felt, I think, especially for this particular class of people, because they were new, there are a lot of new players. I think they just needed that like rallying point or something to like look back on in the season to feel good about it. And I feel like that second half of the Atlanta game was that, right? It was like, this is what you're capable of when you play with a lot of energy. And it, it necessarily wasn't the best game we played or cleanest, but it was just like, be relentless and don't quit and good things will happen. And that was, you know, that game essentially like summarize what I try to preach. And that's exactly what happened. We were relentless. We didn't quit. And then just ripped off point after point after point. And it, it just, I think it something that kind of solidified the team and made everyone feel good about the season. Yeah. I mean, down five near the end of the third quarter and ended up winning by two. So a pretty good, what, 14 minute stretch of Frisbee. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> On the flip side of that, was there, maybe it was just before that, but what was the toughest moment of the 2021 season? Hmm. I don't know. I think just all of those one point losses were tough. I think the New York was probably the one you're referring to. That was the game. Once again, we had in hand and then we, 
we were down and out, we were done. Then we had the game in hand, then we lose again, very similar to 2019. So there were a lot of reasons to maybe give up on the season or like feel like this was just going to be like another one of those like end of season kind of letdown situations. And the nice thing is we got it out of the way in the middle of the season. And then we had this Atlanta game where it felt really, really good. And then I think it kind of launched us from there. I mean, obviously we lost the last DC game too, but I think we had that moment that felt like this is what we're capable of when we play our best. Let's do that. Then it just went from there. All right. You have to answer this question. The question is, who was the MVP of the flyer season last year? Oh gosh, that is so hard. I mean, it's like the, impo- it's literally the impossible question. It's literally the impossible question. You have to answer. Um, I think, I think Eric Taylor, I think just Eric, if I had one person to like point to that changed the trajectory of our season, it was him when we put him on defense and then being able to continually use him to shut down a great player, whatever his matchup was, was a great player. And then turn around and drive the offense and also come in on O points when we really needed him. He was like a tool that was the most useful for us, I think, because we had so many great offensive players and obviously Matt and Saul are very hard to replace if we took them away, but like Eric could potentially be one of those people that replaces them if, if needs be. So I would say in terms of like most valuable, he was the most valuable in my eyes. Yeah. And just made second round of world's tryouts along with Saul Yannick and uh, Jack Williams. So there we go. Yeah. deservedly so. Yeah. No kidding. Well, top 32. Now you got to make top 14. That's still another. We'll see. Well, yeah. We can hope. We can hope. All right. Let's move into this year, though. So one of the biggest changes that we can already talk about is a rebrand. So we have a couple different teams around the league that have rebranded. Uh, Dallas sold. And so with that, went the Roughnecks and they're now the Dallas Legion. And the Spiders have officially moved to Oakland and are now the Oakland Spiders. But most importantly, we have gone from the Raleigh Flyers to now the Carolina Flyers. So can you talk a little bit about, obviously, most of these teams rebrand after kind of the low. And so for us to rebrand after winning a championship, but obviously there's a lot of stuff that went into that. So can you talk a little bit about the decision of the franchise to to make that change? Yeah, um, I think there's a couple of things that were important. The, The first was that we haven't been in Raleigh for multiple years. And um, we've been in Durham and we really enjoy playing there. The people that run the stadium and just the um, the sports commission there is pretty amazing. And we just feel like as in terms of a partner, they're the best partner that we ha- were going to have in the foreseeable future. So that's a big one, right? It's like, it's really hard to go in front of people and like book a sports venue in a place that it's your home and call yourself something different. Obviously, that happens in sports all the time. Teams play in different cities, but call themselves something else. But we're pretty small, and like we want to make sure that he's excited about us being there, and especially since we want to be there long term, it's, it's a big part of it. And then just the overall feel of the team. The team isn't Raleigh-based, right? There's as much Chapel Hill influence and Durham influence and coastal influence even. It's one of those things where we want to represent more of the greater population, right? The triangle, even other places. Obviously, triangle is a big part of it, right? When we were figuring out names of our our team the first time around, one of the names that popped up was like the triangle flyers. What if we call ourselves a triangle? Because that's represents it. And it's really hard to pull something like that off. You know, the only thing similar to that is like Golden State. It's one of those things where Carolina encompassed, we feel like the triangle stuff, which leads kind of to the new logo. Like the logo has a lot of triangle influence in it. If you notice it, it's like 
the propeller is like forms a triangle. I know there's a lot of <laughs> people online making fun of the old turbine logo, which is pretty hilarious, but like there's a lot of triangle influence on it. Like it's triangular and like there's little triangles on the wingtips. Like there's a lot of stuff that was purposely put there to represent the area because we feel like it, it's something that people should have pride in, just like the name Carolina in terms of encompassing all of these components that influence the team. Yeah, and it kind of lines up with all the other Carolina teams in the area. We've got the Carolina Hurricanes and the Carolina Panthers. So that actually kind of makes that alignment make more sense too. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, are you allowed to tell us or who actually did the new logo and kind of what, as you guys were working on that process, like, yeah, was there any other like special thought that went into, I mean, whose brainchild was the kind of the um, plane design? Yeah, so we gave him a shout out online. I'm going to try to find his uh, Twitter handle so you have it. But um, his name's Rylan Tunney. It's at Rylan, Rylan Online. So there's no D, but his name is Rylan. Um, so it's R-Y-L-A-N. Oh yeah, there is, sorry. R-Y-L-A-N-D Online. But he did a lot of social media for uh, the Chicago Union in the past. And he moved to Charlotte. He got a job with Charlotte FC as like one of their social media coordinators. So we knew he moved to the area and Chicago spoke really highly of him. And so we commissioned him to do the logo. And he didn't disappoint. He was really intricate in it. It took a couple months to go through the process. And he's the one, he's the mastermind behind it. So he gets all the credit. He gave us steps to choose. And we looking for some influence of, there's so many different types of influences you can have from logos, but he got it just pretty well. And this is kind of the decision, you know, my wife and I primarily were doing it all. So we, we decided on. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the colors also change. I think we lose red as a primary color and now our dark's going to be gray. Is there, I mean, other big kind of color or schematic? Uh, our dark's going to be blue, like blue. And then our light's going to still be white. But yeah, I, we like red and I think that will be like an alt or perhaps even come back as like a, a home color in the future. But we wanted to just change it up because I think there's a lot of red in our uh, history and a lot of people have red stuff in terms of like cheering for the team. So we were just looking for something new and fresh for the fans to kind of look at. And, and also just in terms of the logo and how it, the design of the logo blue worked really well for like uniform stuff too. So. All right. Last branding question. What percentage chance was it that while you were switching the rebrand that it was going to become the Carolina Narwhals? <laughs> There still might be some fun stuff we do with the narwhals because that is a really fun and like interesting concept, but we weren't ever going to change from the flyers. But I think there's some stuff we were thinking about in the uh, the future that we might have like some narwhal nights or stuff like that. So definitely like part of the process. And I know a little bit about the inside joke here, but would you like to elaborate for people who don't know why, why is narwhals such a, a thing among the team? Why is yeah. Noah Saul never shut up about the narwhals? Well, um, well, there's a big, there's a long history of, of it, but one of our current owners was really, really into it because he, he just thinks it's so unique. And so there's nothing like it in sports that it would be like a huge marketing tool. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but I also think for a team, I guess there's like minor league baseball, like the Savannah bananas and like stuff like that. Like there are teams that really like buy into that and are, are like all about that and their game days and their experience is about like the goofiness of it. And I think that's like a minor league mindset. And I think we have this idea that eventually ultimate is going to become a mainstream thing or at least big enough that there's eyes on it. So we don't want the like one-off goofy nature of it, but it can be part of the theme, right? It can be part of your nature. It doesn't have to be your primary thing though. Yeah, I think we get the best of both worlds that way. So yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. 
totally agree. All right. Moving on to the schedule that's just dropped a week or two ago, depending on when you're listening for this. And so we now have a schedule. It's very different for those of you who don't know. So we, there's a whole new division alignment. And so um, last year when we had this big super Atlantic division with eight teams and we got to play all these different teams all across the Atlantic coast, all that's gone. New York is not in our division anymore. DC is not in our division anymore. Um, they are back in the East division along with Boston and the three Canadian teams uh, along with Philly. And then we are back now in the South division. So we're going kind of back to our roots. And so now in our division, we still have Atlanta. We still have Tampa Bay. We also get the Texas teams back. So the Austin soul and the newly rebranded Dallas Legion. Um, so if, as we go on the schedule, I mean, any thoughts, obviously it's interesting. You're probably going to miss playing some of these really good teams that are no longer division, but it probably makes the regular season a little easier. I mean, how are you feeling about the new divisions? Yeah. I mean, it feels a little old, a little new, like it's new in that. I think Dallas and Austin are going to look a lot different than they have a little old in that we've been playing Atlanta and Florida, you know, the Florida franchise since our inception. So we're used to them, know them. And obviously Atlanta is historically the better of the two. So, and we've had some good games with them the last few years. So that, that's really exciting, but I'm really excited about what, what, what Austin and Dallas will look like, because I think people are assuming Dallas will be weaker and which I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if they weren't, but I think like anytime you have to travel that far to play games, it's difficult, right? Going to a home opponent where you're flying to and you have to play back to back, like no matter how you do that, it's not an easy road. So it'll be fun. Like, I think, you know, I think Austin's going to be pretty good in, in terms of like, maybe top five in the league or so they're that young and interesting of a team. Um, and then Dallas, like they can lean on their history. They'll obviously be a very, very strong team. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes, but uh, you know, I obviously really, really liked having some of those East coast teams because it was a totally different vibe and it was very competitive and it challenged us to get better through the season. But like, we're just going to have to find those few, you know, we'll probably have less of those games this year, but we're going to have to dig and make sure we're like ready and amped for the, the really, really important games that we foresee on the schedule. Absolutely. So on that note, running through the schedule. So there's 16 weeks total, but we only play in the first 12 of them. So week one, uh, we open the whole season as a home game against the hustle, which is pretty exciting to kind of lead things off for the AUDL week two, we'll be down in Tampa Bay playing the cannons a week later, the cannons will come to us on May 14th. Um, the next week on week four, the Austin Soul will have their first visit since 2019 with us on May 20th. We get a bye at the end of May. Um, right at the beginning of June, we do our, uh, we'll do our annual Texas road trip. So we'll go down to Dallas on a Friday night on June 3rd and then play the Soul at home um, on June 4th. So that'll be our Texas road trip. And then we turn around and, and Dallas will come to us the next week on June 11th. We then travel to the Hustle and the Cannons in the following two weeks before the Hustle come to us on July 2nd and a July 4th weekend matchup. That'll be fun. And then in our last home game of the season, we'll have the we'll host the Cannons on July 9th before on July 16th, we play our only cross-divisional game of the season, which is against the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. And then after that, weeks 13 through 16, we have buys all the way. So kind of a, a few interesting kind of quirks with this and, and questions I had. So obviously first off getting to open up the season against the hustle should be a premier matchup. Going to be really exciting. Are you already kind of licking your lips about that? Or was that something you pushed for? What kind of goes into that game for you? Uh, I think that was more a league thing. Like the league was super excited about getting us as since, you know, we're, we're the defending champions on the schedule for one, the opening game. So that's, that was the thinking there. Great first game matchup and super exciting. And I think it'll be an awesome like way to kind of bring the trophy in and do all the things you do when you're, you know, when you're the champ. So it'll be a fun, like event to be at for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
And with that, we also play the hustle three times and we did get the lucky draw where two of them will be home games. So that kind of works out in our favor. Only have to go travel down there once, but um, we'll see kind of, I feel like a lot of those games will kind of dictate who gets to host the playoff game potentially. Mm -hmm. So that should be super fun. On the flip side of that, we play the cannons four times. Is that just a travel thing or, oh my gosh, I guess we just really like playing the cannons, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the unfortunate thing of only having five teams in your division and very few cross-divisional games. We tried to line up some more cross-divisional games, but it's really hard because if you think about it logistically, like some of these other divisions have enough to play each other at least once, every team home and away. So it's really hard to take games away. So unfortunately, it was a little bit too hard to win on that, but you know, we got Pittsburgh, which is fine. I wish we had a little more like maybe playing New York or somebody like that we have historically as like a home and away kind of thing, but it's all good. Like, I think there'll be plenty of action in that, you know, series of games regardless. Um, Like I never really, I know historically Tampa has been a team that's been a bottom, you know, seller dweller in our division, but like every year you never know what happens, right? Like who would have thought Austin would have won as many games as they did against Dallas last year. It's just like, you never know, like every season you could find some team that gets a good coach, gets new talent. You don't know about them. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's competitive. So we'll see what happens regardless of what happens with that. I think there's plenty of excitement on the schedule to like appease and, and mostly strengthen our team. That's, that's the biggest part of it. That's why we play the games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then last thing with that too, as I said at the end, uh, it's interesting, you know, we, we play almost every week except for that week five by, and then after that away game against the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds on week 12, we have four weeks off before we would have our playoff game. So was that again, something you were hoping or planning for? Is that just the way it all panned out? I mean, that's a long break. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of our players play on the club team ring of fire. There's a stretch there that's during the world championships which is July 23rd and July 30th, those weekends. So it would make games those weekends pretty much logistically impossible. So that had to happen. And then August 6th is just a league by. So that's just in case we have to reschedule or do something. So, so yes, there is like a healthy portion of game, you know, games we've missed, but the players will certainly be playing and, and training and doing all the things they need to do in that time. But it was more one of those things that lined up, unfortunately, based on the other factors and in a season where people are on different teams. So, yeah, nope, that totally makes sense. So also talking about the Flyers season, uh, I know you've got some exciting developments with the stadium. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, um, I think there's some cool stuff. Well, I mean, Obviously, like, I don't know if everyone knows, but we added alcohol or a beer garden to the stadium, which is always pretty sweet. And uh, I think a bunch of fans were super happy about that. And I think we're going to try to improve it a little bit this year, perhaps potentially getting people into the stands a little more. But um, we'll certainly have the beer garden regardless. But yeah, the uh, Durham County is pouring some money into the stadium and it's it's going to be spiffed up again. They already have new turf for the players, which is pretty sweet. Apparently, it's like cooler than normal turf so it'll be great for players there is going to be a new digital scoreboard like put in i don't know if it'll be done by the end of this season or not but they're trying to schedule it so it's functional by a point in our season but it's going to be basically like a stadium scoreboard like you see in any big stadium where like replays videos you can they can stream whatever on it so you'll have highlights all that kind of stuff so super exciting and then i think because we obviously have this rebrand we're going to have new assets in the stadium based on our relationship getting stronger and stronger with the stadium the ambiance will be newer and more flyer centric 
in the stadium when you walk in it'll feel more like a home venue not that in before i feel like we do a pretty good job like making the stadium feel like our own but there'll be more stuff in this for the fans and more stuff in the stands more visuals so it'll it'll be uh i think a cooler experience even this year than last and i already thought we were you know every year it gets a little bit better so super excited about the future there i think they're trying to modernize the stadium as much as possible so with that it's great that we're one of the people that they one of the teams that they really love being there and, and having our games there so should be a good time for all yeah that sounds amazing hopefully we can get the hangar back in and some other groups of people that historically have been with the flyers and I know that the move up to Durham was a little tough for some groups, but man, I'm, if anyone's listening right now and you have not come to a game yet in Durham County Memorial Stadium, it's amazing. It's only going to get better. And uh, we really feel like as we continue to build out, it's, it's going to be pretty special. So you definitely want to come check out, come, come to that first game. You know, we're hosting Atlanta. It's going to be a hype game. And then who knows what happens after that? Maybe if you don't like it, then don't come back. That's fine. But if, if you like it, we're just saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited about it. It's going to be a great future there. Anything else like big picture, small picture that you're really looking forward to this season? I know it can be a little bit of a grind, but obviously last year again was pretty special. And I mean, just what other things, anything else you're really excited about for the 2020? I mean, I think coming into this season as the pending champions is always, it's going to be just super fun. We've never done that in club or pro, but obviously we have in college and it's just a really good feeling. I think it gives you a added kind of bonus level in terms of like, when you're down and things look bad, you can lean on it, right? It's like, you did it. I'm the mountain. Like, remember that. And when there's problems or anything, when you're having trouble closing out a game or struggling to start a game, lean on that. You've done this before and now you know you can do it. You know what you have, what's in you to accomplish it. And I think it's going to be cool because that added bonus power with some of the younger guys that, that have that experience now, I feel like hopefully it doesn't give two people big of an ego. Well, I do think it's a powerful thing to have to lean on when their chips are down at times. Well, and the total opposite of the monkey on our back we used to have with Dallas, it was just like, we couldn't get that off. So to be able to have that, yeah. As a fan, let alone as a player or coach, I'm sure it's just absolutely freeing. And that's going to be yeah. fun this year. Yeah. Very exciting. Any players, I know we haven't announced our roster yet, but is there anyone you want to shout out ahead of the season? Maybe someone who's new, moved to the area, or has been working really hard? Anyone who's clearly been putting the work that you got to shout out ahead of the, the, um, the roster drop? I'm going to save that stuff for the announcements to come. I will say I've been super proud of how hard the guys have been working and I kind of keep the hands off during the off season. I don't want to overstress them and because their season is so long these days, it's like a seven, eight month season, but I've heard so many things like from outside sources about like, I saw this person working out or these guys were playing threes. It's really cool to, to hear that they're not stopping or they're not taking big, long breaks and tryouts were super competitive. And I didn't feel like anyone looked out of shape or out of place coming in from last year. So it kind of all fits. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that the whole stay hungry theme is playing out. So I'm excited to see them actually, like once we get to practices and have the team together, how like intense and exciting those practices will be, which start next weekend already. So it's going to be fun. Sweet. Any other on-field or off-field surprises Flyers fans should expect going into the season? Anything you can want to tease even a little bit? I don't think so. I mean, the only other thing that would be super exciting for Flyers fans that should be known is that the final four is in Madison this year. And if we make it, which I hope we do, and I assume we will, that would be an awesome experience to go to because the one game we played in Madison was one of the most like entertaining and amazing games. And that crowd is rowdy and fun 
and like having a bunch of Flyers fans there, especially if we had to play Madison or there's some Madison centric opposition or whatnot, it'd be a fun experience for fans. And just the, the show they put on, like I would mark that on your calendars. And if we make it, I would try to make that trip. That'd be a blast to attend. All right. So I normally don't get any hot takes out of you, but hot take Mike Denardis thinks that Madison's coming out of the central division. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> All right. We're, everyone can put that on their belt and we're <laughs> suck at Chicago. All right. Uh, last thing while we're talking about general ADL stuff, I, I have to ask, and I know you're not going to say who's the best. So I'm just going to say like there are three brand new teams in the league, all in the West division. We've got the Portland Nitro, the Colorado Summit and the Salt Lake Shred. I'm just going to ask, you know, you don't, it doesn't be a hot take. Just like, which of those three teams are you most excited about for the league? Yeah. overall? I know you're excited about all of them, but is there a particular one that's like, man, we've been waiting for that. Yeah. I mean, I think the league in terms of like a team we've been waiting for is Colorado. I think like. They have so much talent. They're almost like another kind of triangle in the way they like have a bunch of local areas that can even feed into the team. And just based on Mama Bird's history and like even Colorado State and some of these other little schools have really strong players that come out of them. And then I think you'll have potentially some more signings that you see from what you saw like Jay Fruit and Matt Jackson, who are Colorado locals. I think you're going to probably see more people like that come out of the woodwork. Maybe some that the Flyers are friendly with. So like, I think that team's going to be the one that's like the most exciting. I do, I would say that I think, I don't know enough about Portland, but I do think Salt Lake is going to be a very, very competitive team out of the first year. I think that can shift the entire dynamic of the West. Those three teams are all going to be very good. So it's going to make that West division even more interesting because it's always kind of a wild card who comes out of there. And um, even last year when most people expected Dallas and San Diego did it. So it'll be super fun watching all those teams interact with each other. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So you want to drop it now? Is Jonathan Nethercut signing with the collar? <laughs> you, you want to tell us or are you just- I wish I knew. Something? I wish I had any insight into that. <laughs> I feel, well, all right. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Last thing. I always want to make sure our guests have a chance to shout out someone in their life, uh, whether it's in the Frisbee community outside, just someone on the pod that you want to give a shout out to. So Mike, on your second interview with the pod, who's your shout out on the Raleigh oh podcast? Gosh, who is my shout out? You know, I got a shout out to Brent Russell. I don't know if a lot of people know Brent Russell, but Brent Russell has been a part of the Flyers. So he's an old Santa Barbara Condors legend and won world titles, national titles, all kinds of titles. And we have a connection because one of his teammates and I used to play college together, but he's been helping the Flyers since the beginning. And he's really stepped up in his role with the organization this year. He's running the tourists. It's like a youth traveling team. He's running the men's portion where Mike Shu runs the women's portion, who also deserves a shout out because he's worked with us last year and for so, and he's been amazing also. But Brent and Mike are both helping with the new camps that we're starting with Triangle Ultimate, which we would love more people to take a look and sign up. We've had a ton of signups already. That's the Carolina Flight School, but just all the stuff that he's been doing. And then that's just my personal thanks for those guys like Brent and Mike, but just in terms of the community stuff, he's constantly interacting with people in the community. He's just constantly reaching out, trying to better the community, better the youth scene. And guys like that really slip through the cracks sometimes because there is a guy like Tristan Green or like, oh, I get a lot of credit for this stuff, but there's so many people that are the backbones of what we do. And I just wanted to give him a shout out. And Mike Shoe, I don't want to let Mike Shoe slip through the cracks. They're just great dudes and great people to have being involved with organizational stuff. And just another reason why this place is great. 
All right, Mike, thanks so much for your time. I know you've got a lot going on, so we'll, we'll let you let you hit the road, but um, we're excited to see you here in Durham County Memorial Stadium coming up really quick here on April 29th for our first home game against the Atlanta Hustle. Make sure you check out ADL Championship Weekend happening at Bree Stevens Field on August 26th and 27th. I know tickets just became available. Come out to Flyers games and in general, watch, watch some reigning championship action. We also know that the PUL season is just around the corner as well. So our, our Raleigh Radiance will be hitting the road pretty quick here to get their season started. So more to come on that all too soon as well. Thanks again, Mike. All right. Thanks. Take care, buddy.